Three, two, one. Up oh, here she is. Uh, Monday, April twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, at two twenty three p.m. Eastern Time. Episode seven eight seven eight eight with uh, Matthew Crawford and Dr. Jessica Rose, who just popped in. She is, I believe, in Davos, Switzerland, colluding with Klaus Schwab. And um, yeah, no, no, now she has uh, rigor mortis. And uh, so, <laughs> and, uh, and um, don't, don't, Miss Rose was, uh, Miss Rose is actually dead. This is a clone. Miss? Are you this... doing that again? No, 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 on purpose. He's actually dead. This is a, uh, this is a clone. This is one of Klaus Schwab's clones. Uh, generation 2.0. It'll be very interesting to see how this clone operates in a, in a real time dynamic environment. Um, no, Dr. Jessica Rose, Whoa. Mr. Matthew Crawford with one T. And um, so you just said, uh, Matthew just said uh, that it's your understanding it's a done deal that Elon owns Twitter now. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, what? Really? So I, I, I'm not 100% sure about this, but this is what it looked like um, when I was just checking the news. Twitter or, nears a Twitter. deal to sell itself to Elon Musk, New York Times. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Wow. I, I want to see uh, all the all the tweets that get resurrected. I hope that all that data is saved. Oh, I you know what it is. is. You know what it is. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to see what those tweets are and how people react to them. Yeah. Because there's a lot more, you know, sort of organized collection of all the information at this point yeah. than there was back when a lot of it was, you know, just trickling out, right? Yeah. Man, we all know who each other are. You know, I I didn't know who Jessica was a year yeah. ago. Man, if he reinstates uh, Donald Trump and Alex Jones, I'll shit my pants. I will oh, laugh. I think oh, he oh, he will. Yeah, I will laugh will. so hard. There will be nothing more beautiful. Dude, the amount of people freaking out right now because Elon might remove censorship is insane. You have yeah. people saying, like, I will not stand for this. I will not. Like, we live in America. There is freedom of speech, not freedom of hate. And it's like, for the last two years, it's been, it's a private company. They could do whatever they want. That's why I got banned. I'm not allowed on Reddit, on Imgur. I'm permanently banned from YouTube. I can't even log in on Incognito. They they have been force-feeding that for two years, that these are private companies, that they can do whatever they want. So now it's happening again. But... What do you think is because us three go down the the rabbit hole? What do you think's the next step to this? Because this Elon's not a guy that just goes in kind of wheels and deals, right? He sold PayPal and Zip two and started Tesla, and then he started he started a, a SpaceX. I think twenty years ago, like yesterday or like the day before. This is a guy that plans things multiple generations out, like always. Everything he does, there's another move and then another move after that. I don't think he, maybe he did, but I don't think he just woke up two weeks ago and decided to buy Twitter. What do you think is just all pure, wild, baseless speculation? What do you think is, what do you think is going on? Uh, on a business level, if, if you know, everybody can post on Twitter, if it's if it's open season, then Twitter may suck up all of the Twitter competitors that had developed and grown by millions of users since, right? Parler, Getter, Gab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one called like Truth something now. Oh, Trump's um, I, Truth. I just yeah. Heard of it. 
Uh, so, you know, maybe it sucks in all of that value like a tidal wave. I don't know. Maybe. And then he sells it back to the Twitter overlords, so now they have full censorship. <laughs> Dr. Oh, Rose? I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of confounded by it all. And I, I don't, I honestly don't know how I feel about Elon. I'm like, I'm kind of like back and forth on, on my, my thoughts on him, but um, it seems to me that maybe it's simpler than everyone might think. Like maybe he just kind of got to a point where he realized, like he really realized, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong, but like he came into like really knowing how um how important it is for someone and he's capable of doing it to put an end to this censorship i mean he's the guy who's like i mean i can't imagine you know what he sees on an average day because he's like very much not average and he probably is privy to a lot of information that most people aren't, but he's also developing technologies that most people don't really have any knowledge of either, including me, like, you know, the AI thing. So I don't know, maybe he has some kind of, uh, maybe he just had some kind of revelation that really like hit him. Like, and he's like, if I don't do this now, it's all over. Either from a business side or a humanity side, I don't know. Yeah. He seems to care about humans getting destroyed. Um, And a lot of people who do the AI thing maybe don't. Um, Like that Harari guy is a total psychopath. He doesn't seem to care if humans just go away. Yeah. It seems like he's rooting for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'd be like, you know what? Sign that guy up first for everything he's he's voting for. <laughs> I want to yeah. see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Attach some robot legs onto that guy while he's awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but like, <laughs> and uh, you can see the 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 doctor Ro- the, the doctor Ro- the doctor Rose clone is already going off script. It's uh, it's losing its software. <laughs> it's it's attack humans. <laughs> Stitch legs onto them while they're alive. Shut it down. Shut it down. I didn't say stitch. I said attach. <laughs> by, what, by what manner? By what Something manner? Would... Far more like metallic and like rippy. Okay. <laughs> well, not doesn't make it any better. But um. So, but I think that's good. I think that's a good point. Is he does, and I'm I'm with you. I, whenever I find myself, same thing with politicians. Whenever I find myself like cheering for some, and I'm like, what? I try to stay aware. I'm like, what am I getting sucked into? What am I, right. you know, it's what am I, what am I doing? If, uh, um, uh, if somebody robbed the store to pay for their kids insulin, I'd be like, dude, you can't, I get it, but you can't rob stores. This is a, we're in a civil society. Now, if one of my brothers ended up having a kid that needed insulin and they didn't have any money and robbed the store. Yeah. I'd probably be like, yeah, you can lay low at my house. It's very different, right? When you, when your emotions get sucked into it. So, I am hesitant that, and I like Elon. I'm I'm a, I'm an admitted Elon fan, but he's also worth three hundred billion dollars, and is actively campaigning. Billion, but yeah, billion with a B. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Did I not say that? I you said three hundred million. Oh, I'm sorry, three hundred billion, a third of a trillion. 
Yeah. Um, I would, I do think that's a good point, Dr. Rose, is he does seem to care about humanity. You could argue, uh, let's just play devil's advocate, that he's hiding behind that to sell Tesla. He'd say it's all about, you know, climate change, but he's just making a pretty penny. Maybe. I don't believe that. I think he really does care, but maybe. But, but I think he get bored without humans. Like, I, I think he thinks of it more in a robotic way. Like, I think he thinks that living would be boring without all the humans. Like, well, you know? I, which kind of leads me to SpaceX. On one hand, SpaceX does get a defense, a bunch of defense contracts, the National Geospatial Agency, the National Reconnaissance Office. He does. He's one of, right. he's one of the defense contracts that supplies the rides to orbit, sure. But there's really... There's no big cash cow on Mars. Going to the moon, you can mine helium three. Going to Mars, that really does seem like there's one goal and one goal only, and it's to it's to turn humanity, give humanity redundancy. So, in that light, I would agree with you and say that he does seem to care about humanity. Now, just buying Twitter, and I'm just thinking aloud now, just buying Twitter. Is it a good PR move to say you stand for free speech? Is he looking at it from a business standpoint? And he's like, hey, uh, free flow in Capital West is why I'm worth three, a, th- a third of a trillion dollars. Um, did, my micro- did my microphone just cut out? A little. Okay, is it back? Kind of. Yeah, you're a little low. Okay. You know, it, it could be a business move, right? Uh, and and I, I kind of stay where Jessica is, which is that I, I don't try to fully judge Elon either way. You know, it's like, how, how could you from such a distance, right? Like, you know, there, there's nothing that we could really do. We don't know how deep his layers of PR are. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think that he's, uh, uh, you know, Rockefeller uh, who had PR firms, you know, explained to him that giving dimes away on the street would change his reputation and it did yeah. right uh but um yeah it, it could be a business move if he does suck up all the traffic from all these alt platforms then it could make twitter just enormously valuable and then maybe he takes it public and maybe he cashes out partially that way but i also see the the crypto movement coming like you can already tip on twitter right I didn't know that. You know, suppose, uh, you know, we have the the ability to tip in multiple cryptocurrencies. You know, suppose even the Twitter platform itself uh, becomes, you know, decentralized over the next few years. I think that's the way a lot of social media will move. There are people working on such platforms. In fact, there's a Twitter clone called Twetch. And I'm on it. You know, I've participated just a little bit, mostly just to experiment and see, you know, what does a cryptocurrency run platform look like? And um, unfortunately, it looks sparse. You know, it's not, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of people. It's tens of thousands of people. And so you don't get the same level of, of you know, interaction. Um, but it, it, it's interesting that there is, uh, that there's an economics dynamic. You know, you pay, you make a micropayment to post. You know, you make micropayments to interact with people. And, you know, the, it, it forces you to think a little bit more about what you're going to say. And, uh, you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe that's one of the experiments that will happen along the way. But, you know, he, he's one of the people that will have a, a good position to understand how all that's evolving. I, I expect 
Twitter to be more crypto under Elon, and we'll see developments happen in that direction. Yeah, if this microphone cuts out again, I'm going to throw it through a wall. Yeah, I kind of just went on a stream since you were working with your mic just to (laughs) give you a minute. All right, I'm just going to switch the microphone. I appreciate that. I'm gonna I'm gonna light that thing on fire. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's uh, like Henry Ford, right? He he gave he gave weekends is they they calculated that workers would be more productive if they had weekends. It wasn't because he thought that his guys should spend time with the family. It was he was like, hey, the the machines, like Dr. Rose said, the machine, the robot, it becomes more efficient when it has time off. So it could be, you know, he stated. The purpose of amassing wealth is so that he can fund SpaceX privately and doesn't have to uh, get bogged down by the bureaucracy of NASA. So maybe Twitter's just another another monster to put into his his treasure chest. Um, it might also be it, it might be PR. I just look better. Yeah, I tend to, and maybe this is my own just kind of delusion and romanticism. I tend to think that a guy like that who has seemingly had the foresight for these, I mean, was building SpaceX because he was looking ahead to when the space shuttle was going to be taken out. He knew we were going to be buying rides from Russia and inevitably geopolitical instability would lead to that being bottlenecked. That was 20 years ago. And now there's no space shuttle. NASA or the NSA launch uh, hitches ride to space and Putin's invaded Ukraine. Like that's, that's insane that he did that 20 years ago. So, Again, all that sort of multi-step logic could just play into, well, yeah, and he's doing this for money. But I, I, I like to think that he's looking at it like the machine of society, the global machine, maybe more importantly, the West. One of the components, just like humans, like it's not just oxygen. Like you also got to get water. You also need protein, carbohydrates, and fats and, and minerals. One of the components might be the free flow of information, just not just because it allows you to post COVID disinformation, but just in general, the difference between us and every other nation in the history of man has been a raw addiction to the free flow of information. Even if that means you have a bunch of conservative parents screaming because Marilyn Manson's going around in the nineties or something like it includes the fringes it includes Donald Trump saying all Mexicans are rapists. Like, those are included under the umbrella it might be hey we got to get up there you know he might look at funding spacex through the military industrial complex doesn't really seem to be in line with saving humanity but it might be a necessary evil to literally and figuratively get it off the ground so that we can get to mars i don't i don't i don't know i'm kind of rambling well yeah and it's best i think that maybe sorry no, go ahead, Jessica. And just, just, yeah, I, I, I think that might be true. Um, I have a feeling, and it's only a feeling, that all of this hoopla, this COVID nineteen crap, and the you know the 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 global coup thing attempt, I think it's getting in his way. I think you're right. I think he has a plan, and this is fucking up his plan, quite frankly. I don't yep. know how like yeah yeah it's 
Like if these shots are really hurting as many people as it seems like they are and maiming our species and perhaps like, you know, you know, having a lot of long-term negative effects, perhaps, because this shit's going to be in our ecosystem now too, right? All the lipids and stuff. Um, you know, that, that could really put a damper on someone who relies on the humans, like I said before. So like, I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead, Matthew. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have this term that uh, I started using, uh, Kunlingita, which is the Inuit word for psychopath. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I, you know, it, it, it could be talked about in two different ways. It could be talked about in a moralizing way. And, um, you know, somebody could read some of the articles that I've written and think that it's just that, like, you know, um, oh, gosh, you know, all the elites are, are bad, you know, or all the ones who or all the uh, psychopaths even are bad. Um, you know, one thing to remember about psychopathy is it, is it doesn't mean bad. You know, it, it means a lack of empathy like, with, yeah. with uh, the rest of the community. And, you know, there's this wonderful TV show, wonderful, creepy, you know, disturbing to watch, but Dexter. I don't, I don't know if either of you watched the show Dexter. Yeah, I love Dexter. Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good show. It, it's, in the beginning. Yeah, it, it's an Sorry. exceptional thought experiment, too, right? I mean, here you have this, this psychopath who's growing up, and the father, you know, um, walks him through rules of, you know, look, you have to get this under control. And then if you do, you can be a member of the community, right? Um, part, of, part of my goal with uh, the Kunlun Gita series that I write is actually if the Kunlun Gita could read it and understand that um, the way to move forward is to be part of the community with humanity, that that's, that's actually the ultimate goal, to reunite the community that has been sort of shattered you know, over the years. I actually think that's also the theme of the movie The Dark Crystal. So you're, you're saying align the psychopaths because it's not necessarily evil. It can be evil. You're saying align them with the same common goals as man. And in that sense, it's like, uh, it's like when Iron Man privatizes like peace. It's like all the capitalists still get to like stuff their faces with money. But now we're just aiming at peace instead of like a global military system. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, to understand incentives, just like uh, you know, Henry Ford's move to give people weekends off. Yeah. Dr. Rose? If we don't have the Harari version, we yeah. wind up with the Elon version, perhaps. I'm wondering how many parallels there are with uh, AIs and psychopaths then. Like, um, you know, the, the, the lack of... I don't know. One of the things that kind of like distinguishes humans are, is the empathy thing. I, I mean, no, but yes. I mean, the fact that we can feel all these emotions and the fact that we can, you know, project ourselves into any other being, like, you know, imagine what it's like to be a tree or something and you see one being cut down and I mean, that makes me cry. So like, I'm, I'm really empathetic, <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, that's an interesting idea. Like, what if what if the AIs were programmed to, I mean, I'm sure that they are in some way, but like in, in that same manner, like to align the, the goal of the psychopaths so that they benefit the AIs so that they benefit and the humans. So, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I'm trying to think of like, like, to look backwards like was this just a whim that he's buying twitter 
because I guess oh, I have I, what. I forgot we were talking about Elon Musk. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> we, well, it does not matter. Um, but I was thinking, like, I kind of bottlenecked it with only two options. I said it was only a whim, or he's looking at it now and he realizes this is part of a bigger plan. There could be a third. It could be that this was always part of it. And then, like, what would lead up to that? Well, the next logical step to censorship would be, you know, you don't like Twitter, create your own. So they make Parler and Gab and Getter. Well, then the App Store and the Google Store kick it off, right? So you kind of have to keep moving backwards. Well, if we don't like that, we got to create our own App Store. Well, the end goal would ultimately be uh, internet service providers are private companies. And then all you got to do is get Comcast and Verizon and whoever to go woke. And then they shut things down. You can't even connect to the net. We've got Starlink now, which is an orbital internet platform. So... It's not even like if you made your own private ISP, well, then you could have crazy Antifa people just go attack it. Like he, he, I think it's working again. He, uh, he's making a space-based internet. So, and that's not new. There's really no, sure, it's got great coverage, but that seems like a massive, and he's all about completely like flipping systems, right? Uh, electric cars, self-landing rockets, Sure, space-based internet on one hand is it is that, but it doesn't seem to be as mo of completely disrupting. It seems just like a the next evolutionary step. Like, yeah, sure, go to go to the, go to space, unless of course it's let's just give maybe we're giving him more credit than he deserves. What if it's it's the uncancelable internet? It's it's literally out of your reach. It's in orbit, going Mach twenty three, like five hundred miles above you. And if you place Twitter, and then he already kind of showed, right? Because two months ago, Elon Elon gave internet to the people of Ukraine. It was Elon's a fucking hero. And within a month, he was the NPCs were programmed to think he's Satan. Maybe he showed the importance of unequivocal free speech. And people are like, well, even the Russians are using it. And he said, he said, well, like, unfortunately, that is part of it you might get Russian propaganda on it. And they were like, you got to shut it down. And he was like, no, it's more important that the people of Ukraine have this access. And yes, there might be some Russian propaganda, but now it's on you as an adult with a thinking brain to look at it and go, what is disinformation and what is not? Instead of waiting for the heavy hand of the state to say, this is truth, this is evil. So it might've been that. That might've been a test run to say, look, look, it is important. You got to have it. And so the next logical step would be now buy up Twitter. That might actually be the end. This might be the end move of just a much longer plan. And as opposed to it being a whim or it being the first step. I don't know, Matthew. Well, I, I worry on the political level. I, you know, I, I've seen like Hillary Clinton and, and, you know, people in that sphere, um, you know, basically do the, uh, you know, censorship is free speech sort of you know totalitarian dance and conversation you know war is peace yeah war is (laughs) peace uh you know uh, could could government action you know be the next step of censorship right um like maybe the government says okay um you know twitter can't be in any of the app stores can't be on your phone but that might be the step because 
sure, the, the government wants it to be censored. But the government is, for now at least, knock on wood, will not openly just violate the First Amendment. They'll do it through... Is through there's implications right obviously you can't prove it but it's like how come these monopolies aren't being shut down well because the government's it's like the mafia coming up to you and saying you're going to pay for protection the reason why you're allowed to operate your nightclub in a mafia run neighborhood is because you're paying them for protection so you're allowed to operate within the system so when you have facebook or meta or google or all these companies and the question is how come they haven't been shut down well, because the government's kind of leaning on them and goes, remember, we can drop the guillotine any day. We all know that you're breaking these antitrust laws. Or you could maybe, I mean, as as John Saki said uh, late last year, like we're working with Twitter, we're working with Facebook. That way you can lean on them and go, we won't, we won't break you guys up, but maybe you censor, I don't know, COVID data. Maybe you censor inflation numbers. Maybe you'd censor. And then, of course, you'd have big pharma lobbying government. So now you have big pharma putting on the glove of government leaning on big tech. But they they for again, for now, at least the government won't necessarily come out and start censoring. They have to do it through this very shifty, shadowy shell game. And there's some good alliteration. Now, Elon might hold almost force them to have to come out of the shadows, which they won't do. He can say. Uh, it's in space. It's a private company, a private company that is launched by SpaceX, which is in bed with the defense contractors. So the defense contractors now have their nut in it. They don't want it being fucked with. He can take that by Twitter, put Twitter on uh, Starlink. There's really no like shadowy way to come out and censor it now. You'd have to overtly drop the mask and be like, free speech is bad, shut it down, which I don't think they would do. I, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but it's it's pulling them out of the shadows and saying, like, you have to outwardly do this now, right? It's it's when they say the quiet part out loud. And they're like, you have to have lockdowns to force people to get vaccines. And it's like, what was that? <laughs> like, you're finally saying it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it might be you'd force them to act. I mean, um, AT&T was, was violating monopoly laws in the 70s. And the Department of Justice went to break it up. And the Pentagon actually stepped in and wouldn't allow them because AT&T was wiring all of the like emergency backbone systems between nuclear bunkers throughout the continental United States. So the Pentagon had their nut in the ring and they were like, "Uh, uh-uh, you can't, you can't do. So the whole government's not a monolith. And it seems like the defense contractors kind of swing the most weight. So it would be hard for them to attack Elon and attack SpaceX when that is such an important aspect to the defense industry, the ability to put satellites up at a moment's notice. I'm talking myself in circles now. I don't know where to go with this. Matthew, give me some backup. Or Dr. Rose. <laughs> um... Uh, it's it's a complicated game to try to to guess you know there's so much going on that we can't see there's so much of a a filter on what information that we can know you know who who the players are who are doing what right um that and, and i think this is actually part of the the ultimate problem that we face is that looking up that the hierarchy uh becomes too murky to be able to say much 
you know, personally, this is part of the reason why I like decentralized, you know, movements toward decentralized technology so that we don't even have to answer these questions so that we don't have to guess at them. Uh, right. We just, you know, we, we have what we need and, and the network, you know, is run by people who are supporting it and support each other. So it, it truly is a network as opposed to, you know, one person's playground that everybody else puts their pieces on and, and plays on. Dr. Rose. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to add to that. Um, other than, uh, again, the only thought I had uh, on, on Elon's role is that I, I just, I think he's just trying to rattle a cage. I think he just likes rattling cages and he can, so he does. And, on, and I think that he actually does care. So he, he rattles cages when when they need to be rattled, maybe. Uh, but also, you know, as part of an integrated plan. Because I, I do think he thinks very far ahead. And I don't think I don't think it's whimsical, the, the Twitter thing. But again, I, I don't know. I've been watching kind of, you know, from a distance and I, I can't figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> it's like nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> I'm more interested in watching Johnny Depp's trial right now. <laughs> it, it was kind of wholesome. Did you see when they asked him if he's used opiates since he got sober? Oh, he's so dear. That was kind of that was kind of sweet. He just smiled and he's like, "No, no, I haven't." And it was just like, "Fuck yeah, he's still sober." Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, he might just be rattling cages. It's kind of like the idea that like Trump didn't actually want to be president, and he just rattled cages, and the next thing he knew, he was getting sworn in, and it was like, "Fuck, <laughs> like this wasn't <laughs> this wasn't supposed to happen." It might be that. Yeah, maybe might... Elon just wants to get Trump back on to watch what happens because it would be really funny. He. I mean, it might there, it might not be more in depth than that. <laughs> like, it might be just really? like, like imagine you were like almost like a third of a trillionaire. Imagine yeah. what you would do. Like, you you could basically do anything. So that's something I'd be interested in seeing play out. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Fauci is getting too boring at this point, right? They've yeah, exactly. Right. Plus, right. Oh, you know, God. you have to wait for people to tweet out that stuff in order to even find them on TV anymore. Yeah. I mean, it might be if you're worth a third of a trillion dollars. I mean, you eat the best food, you have the best cars, you have the best health care. Maybe like just, it's his TV, you know, that's like what I mean. maybe, maybe stand up comedy isn't enough. He was like, I want some real <laughs> fucking comedy. Donald yeah. Trump on Twitter based in space. Go just, you know, it, it just it, it might not be if we might be giving him way too much credit. He might have just been drinking one night and being like, how much is Twitter? And just looked into it and just <laughs> picked it up. Like, maybe it's just that. I mean, because when you say it like that, Dr. Rose, yeah, I mean, I think I would do that. Like, regardless of right? like, the importance of free speech. Like, if you could balance. do anything, what would you do right now? Like, seriously, if you could do anything, what would be the first thing you would do for entertainment? It, yeah, it would be to somehow get Musk, or not Musk, Trump and Alex Jones reinstated on our platforms not even based on like the value of free speech which i do stand behind but more so of just like yeah that would be a nice byproduct yeah sure but it's like it's like fucking with your cat you know like putting your hand under a blanket <laughs> and just shifting it like i kind of would just like here's here's like the blanket of society i'm just like alex jones is back on twitter uh -oh. And you are gonna get scratched but it's gonna be funny uh, here, here it is yeah here it is i i know i'm gonna get bit uh, oh, Trump's back. 
Trump's back, and then just kind of and go and <laughs> just kind of tip tip over the dominoes. Yeah, since all we can do is speculate, here's a here's a prospiracy okay. speculation, which is that um, in order to show the world how bad censorship is and the direction that half the world seemed to be wanting to take it, uh, things were allowed to go absolutely off the rails for as long as possible to get people to go no more or, or, or to get the people who are free speech people to fight back um, because you know a lot of those people are peaceful people they don't fight by their nature right yes and so you know what does it mean to uh to to fight without you know cutting skin or yeah i don't know uh, maybe, maybe it's a fight in the business arena that's a that's not necessarily a, a bad idea of how would you get people who like myself for instance i mean up until like a year ago I liked the idea of free speech in the same way that like I liked the idea of like private private property. So it was just like an abstract, like, yeah, it's the whatever, it's the thing. You just grew up in it versus me. Like I never really had any vendetta with COVID. It was when I just started to get banned from shit. I was like, what this isn't good. I was like, what are we doing? Um it might be the way of like uh, you know, in high school you're not allowed to drink, so it's really fun to drink. And your parents can tell you, don't do that. You know, it's, it's okay to have a drink, but, you know, you don't want to start drinking young. You don't want to be an alcoholic, whatever. And you go to college. And then after, like, the second or third time, like, you, you know, you wake up, like, vomiting or something, or you end up in, like, you know, you get arrested or something. You're like, maybe I should stop. There's no one that's ever going to tell you you have to stop. It's, right, it's your parents catching you with cigarettes, and they, you know, yeah, I had friends that this happened to. Their dads would make, make them like come outside on the porch and smoke the whole pack. And they'd end up like projectile vomiting and they'd never smoke again. Like there is something to be said of like, sure, like you can have all the candy. You can eat all your Halloween candy tonight. And then you're sick as a dog and you're like, I don't want any more Halloween candy. But if your parents tell you you can only have two pieces of candy, all you're going to want is that third piece until you're finally given carte blanche. And then you see it. So it might be like you couldn't get you maybe have like a James O'Keefe or like an Alex Jones with a megaphone talking about the incoming wave of censorship. And we're all like, yeah, well, it's just Alex Jones. You know, he questioned Sandy Hook. And then it's just Milo Yiannopoulos. And then it's but then it cascades and it cascades and it cascades. And all of a sudden, people that would never stand up for it are now going, dude, the genie's not going back in the bottle unless we do something. But that would imply a massive amount of control to let it get out of hand, because that would imply that you could turn it off at any moment. Yeah, it also, um, you know, we're, we're going down a road that that requires extraordinary judgment, right? Yeah, uh, No matter Infallible. what parenting decisions are made, you know, they're going to work one way for one person and another way for another person. Um, and, you know, I, I guess as far as parents go, they just have to do their best. But when, when you get to the point where you have, like, patriarchal parents at the top of some huge you know, giant pyramid that uh, yeah, handles, you know, 8 billion people on Earth or whatever we're approaching. Yeah. Um, yeah, now you're talking about where any misstep is catastrophic to the human race, right? Um, and, yeah, this is why I like to, uh, like, I, I don't even, I don't want to have to speculate on whether or not the parents of an 8 billion population are capable of understanding what the right moves would be. Like I, I say, you know, just go decentralization and let people have a certain amount of sink or swim 
on their own so that you don't reach, you know, catastrophic, uh, you know, failure. Yeah. And the idea of it being like a, a parental mechanism, that's just, we're now dancing with semantics. It's the same thing as big brother. And like, I don't think that's good. Like, I do like the idea of like, yeah, they had to let it get bad. So people would wake up, but that now we're back at square one. We're resting on a patriarchal figure because little old humans can't do it on their own. And then, so we become dependent on the power of the state to do the right thing. And then you fast forward 20 or 50 years and we're right back at this spot. You have the people who grew up with the power of the state. So when the power of the state says, get this vaccine, you don't question it. Like, that's kind of the catch 22 as well. I mean, it, it might, it might just be chaotic interaction. Like this just might be the, the result of chaotic interaction. The vast majority of people want free speech. So in one way or another, it will manifest. It will, the vines will grow through the cracks. It just yeah. takes, it just takes years and years, but eventually the system of control starts to break down. Right. You can only have, yeah. Yeah. It, so it might just be the same thing, right? You 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 steer the wheel of your car and you immediately shift. Like you steer the wheel of a cruise ship and it takes like a minute for it to slowly turn. You It, it might be even slower for an 8 billion person planetary society. It just, it's like when a bomb explodes in the distance and a couple seconds pass and then you hear it. Like the censorship started and it took two, three, four years. And eventually, it sh- and it could, be, could have been anyone, it could have been Elon Musk, could have been whatever. Eventually, like the system is correcting itself. Like the fact that America arose at all, like the fact that we, this nation arose at all after 10 millennia of, of, of not <laughs> having free speech, like, that seemingly came out of chaos. It came in the form of a bunch of assholes and powdered wigs dumping tea off of a ship. But like that did arise out of the chaos from like the pyramids to Napoleon. Like somehow this rose and it's maybe it was only a matter of time before it broke out in some way or another. That might be what's going on now is if it can happen, you know, if there's a big bang once, well then, you have to assume that there could have been one before that. If it can happen once, it can happen a second time. So this might just be some natural, natural thing. I don't know. I have no idea. It's an economic thing for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the whole like, you know, the U.S. Um, sprouting up. It, Europe, Europe had gone in a lot of positive directions, I mean, through tumultuous events, but, you know, Europe had shed slavery, you know, one country after another for centuries. And then suddenly um, you have the East India companies and, and you have, you know, people who are able to escape the confines of society going around and reinstituting slavery in other places. And then suddenly they've moved Europeans over to another continent and those Europeans go, you know what? We don't want your control. And because it wasn't economically viable to crush them, um, you wind up with a new you know, iteration of you know, the game of freedom. And, you know, the, of course, there were all sorts of 
uh, you know, terrible things that happened with the, the native populations. But, um, you know, you might describe that still as, you know, the fault of some people, but not others within that society. And there were still, you know, people who were loyal to the crown within the United States when the United States broke away. So you, you've always got those forces within the same place. But, um, but I, I view it all as economic equilibrium. Uh, if you create enough decentralized technology that it costs too much to keep people from expressing their will, that's when you wind up with, you know, uh, the new blossoming of, you know, human, uh, uh, intelligence and technology, and hopefully we'll see that again. I think uh, we, we've. We, I, I think people thought that that we were living in the area of of high levels of freedom when we actually weren't, and I think that it's actually the next era when this breaks down that we'll see that. Hopefully, it won't be you know too much harm between now and then, but you know we'll have to see where that goes. It could kind of be like like what we've seen with COVID over the last two years, eventually the thought dawns on you that maybe this isn't new, the collusion between government and big pharma. (laughs) And you go, it's bad enough that it's happening. And then you go, maybe we're just exposing it for the first time. Like the same, when you find out the casino's rigged and it's like, dude, it's always been rigged. Whether it was this one or the one before it, or whether it was Atlantic City, or whether it was Vegas, or what, it's always rigged. It might be that, like, the thing we're, we're seeming to be fighting against, the the rise of censorship. I mean, it might be that there's been that top-down... I mean, we know Operation Mockingbird, the CIA, to embed journalists and uh, people in executive positions of all major news corporations to squash stories they don't like. We know that there was, oh, what the, what's the number? The 600 companies were consolidated into six media companies. We we saw the lockstep right before it was COVID. We saw the what it was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. We got to go in. It might be that this collusion's always been there. It's just like you're saying, the more it becomes decentralized, the harder and harder it is. And it's not economically viable. Maybe they don't care about economics. Maybe to them it's power, so they'll spend any amount of money on it, at which point it then becomes obvious what they're doing. Where they're like, we have to shut it down. We can't have this. And it starts to get, you're like, it's kind of weird. They they took Gab or Parler off of the App Store. And, you know, people start going, oh, that's a little funky. And it might be that it's not that it's a new system, starting with Alex Jones getting banned. This has probably been going on since the 50s in one form or another. But instead of just having six corporations and you just kind of lean on six CEOs, now you have to lean on everyone with a cell phone. And just through the laws of averages, some people are like, this doesn't make any sense. How come I'm not allowed to say my mind? And then they get banned. And then the guy that got banned tells his friend and he's like, I just got banned. And the friend's like, I don't believe that. So they go do it and they get banned too. And now you have all these guys just scratching their heads. It might be that it's not a new phenomena at all. It's just now it's naked and we're seeing it, which is kind of optimistic. Cause like you said, Matthew, maybe we haven't actually been living in freedom. And that is maybe that's why the, the fight is so vicious now is that, yeah, you're you're actually fighting for freedom. Not you're not not fighting for freedom back. Fighting to get your freedom back. 
you're fighting a freedom for a freedom that you've actually never experienced. Mm-hmm. I think that's correct. I, I think we've been oh, living. Right. I, I think the matrix is not something that's coming. It's something that that we've been living in. Yes, it's like an archaeological dig. We're like brushing the dirt off, and we're like, "What the fuck is this huge yeah. structure?" Yeah, here, here's an interesting piece that speaks to that. Or actually, I'll mention two. Um, one quickly. Uh, after World War II, we did nothing to go and dismantle the power structures of the pharmaceutical companies that were helping Hitler. No, no including um, you know making the gas for the gas chambers, right? Yeah, and that was something that that Rockefeller had invested in specifically. And the railroads that brought the people to the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we did not break up those corporations. We did not punish those power structures at all. Um, it, you know, it's, it's very disappointing when you think about it. Uh, recently, I talked to um, uh, somebody who is a witness in a trial that's coming up where uh, several of the pharmaceutical companies are being uh, tried for uh, funding terrorism in the Middle East. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. And, and of course, you know, almost nobody knows that this fight is going on, right? Almost no, you know, you won't hear about this in the mainstream news. It's information that has to trickle out in moments like this. <clears throat> but yeah, a bunch of, and I think it was money laundering. I think that's specifically, you know, the allegation of what was going on. But the pharmaceutical companies were profiting by <clears throat> laundering money to uh, to the terrorists there. And, and the implication might be that what they were trying to do is sort of um, play nice with the muscle in the Middle East in order to expand their network of like the hospital systems and push, you know, uh, uh, structures, power structures into the Middle East that would that would um, promote pharmaceutical medicine. That's so comically evil. Like, what were the big pharma companies doing? I don't think they can get any more evil. Well, they were laundering money to terrorist groups in the middle. Of it. It's like, what? You couldn't, you, you couldn't try to be more evil. Yeah, well, I mean, they're trying to to get injections now for these experimental products that are under heavy, heavy debate into kids under the age of five. Is that is that passed? I don't think so yet. Um, I, I think the under five is, I think that was actually pushed back, uh, to June. Is that right, Jessica? I'm not sure of the date, but, uh, yeah, I, I saw a movie on the, um, the lovely, um, greeting that, uh, Sharon Alright Price, who people, if you don't know who she is, she works for the Ministry of Health in Israel and also for Pfizer. Can you say conflict of interest? Like, I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, she she was, I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, the, the person who made the video said she's the most hated person in Israel, but I find that hard to believe. Um, there was a crowd of people, like, literally it hurts your ears to watch the, or listen to the video because they're just screaming bloody murder at this woman. Parents, right, who, who are like, like, fuck, you're going to put this shit into my child. And she's surrounded by cops, like 10 of them around her, like in a, in a bubble and like crowded into this elevator. Wow. I should send you the movie. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I want to see this. Yeah. She is not uh, a popular human being as she should <laughs> not be. She's really, really the devil. She's the person also uh, working for both of these places who has been 
kind of the the the, the force du de the resistance on uh, on everything published that came out of Israel. Like her name wasn't on all of them, of course, but like, uh, yeah, really. Like again, you know, her and Harari, uh, they they need to end up with the same fate. The metal um, legs. Yeah. <laughs> the metal legs latched onto. Yeah, them. yeah. You want to get injected? You love getting injected? Do you? Do you? Yeah. yeah. Harari is just an intellectual tool. I mean, like, I, I don't even understand how he got to be so talked about, like, right? Like, I, he, I think he, he wrote Sapiens, which was just I, I like know, I know, but I like a recycled like, book. It's because of of, of Lord uh, Lizard Man, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it, 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 like it, his fame is something that depends entirely on what it is that that the wealthy and famous people want to talk about at cocktail Exactly. Parties, so it's right? Lord like, Lizard Man that put like it he, there. he's one. Like, he, he, you know, his, uh, you know. Some people need to be thrown in jail. I'm not sure that applies to Harari. I just think he's, you know, kind of an overpromoted nut job. Uh, but <laughs> some of the people in the pharmaceutical industry, I'm pretty sure, need some jail time. I, I think that's oh, yeah, totally appropriate. No yeah. They know what they're doing. That's the thing. And they're just the thing is the, the the patheticness is the thing that always strikes me. It's like you lame ass pathetic morons like you you're selling out your own species for what for what you know what i mean it's like there's 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 no you're not building something you're not constructing anything you're not creating something it's just like so pathetic like like next like stop listening to these morons and let's listen to someone who's a little enlightened or something <laughs> Yeah, people who wind up um, going so head first toward accumulating power and wealth, um, who become detached from art, um, yeah, this this split it's it's an unnatural split, right? Like they, there's a real human balance, um, you know. And in pursuit of like, there is something to the idea that that when you get paid, it's because you're worth something, right? And therefore, you know, yeah, like well. that money, that money itself is not evil, and and you know, making money is not evil. Like I, I, I don't believe that money is 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 inherently evil, um, but there is this off balance thing that happens with a certain portion of the population. Maybe it's it's you know a, pro, a proportion of the population is psychopathic or or you know pseudo psychopathic sociopathic enough that they can be pushed in that direction where it's just off balance. But you know, that's the thing that uh, it, it is sad. You know, it's hard to imagine yeah. those people um, having fulfilling lives in certain you know, aspects, areas. Like, what are their personal relationships like? Right? Do they do they go home? Do they have to instill fear in their spouse or their, um, you know, their uh, extended family, their children, in order to get what they want? Like, you know, what kind of a life is that? And will will they find themselves alone in the end? Because you know, the, like there is no actual, <laughs> you know, spiritual anything that's left um, because they left it all behind. Or yeah. horror of horrors. They just have no freaking clue because they're too stupid to even realize that what they're doing is bad. I there is that too. I think that's, I think that's way too beneficial to them to just be stupid. You know, that's like saying that's in I've my opinion. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's real. <laughs> 
But it's the argument that, like, you know, the, those Nazis were so dumb. Didn't they realize killing was bad? And that's, I'm like, that's that's very I'm like, valid. hold on, hold on. Hang them, yeah. hang them till they're dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never oversubscribe to Hanlon's razor. Going full Hanlon's razor yeah. and just saying everything is, is due to incompetence yeah. and, and yeah. not evil or conspiracy. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't never go too far in, in, in either direction. Yeah. Don't attribute to malice what can be incompetence. Like there is, there's definitely incompetence. There's definitely dipshits out there. There's definitely cogs in the machine. Ones who, who like, who, let, let's just say they, they didn't realize how bad what they were doing was like what she's done from the very beginning. Um, like at this point now, uh, she's probably very well aware of the damages being done. Uh, even even if we're not going to talk about the injections, just the, the damages to society, uh, the damages to children's, you know, development and, and all the trauma and the suicides and the businesses lost and stuff like that. How does someone like that, like, let alone face their family, like, how do they sleep? You know what I mean? It's like, if you had a grain of, 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 I don't know what the word would be, uh, if there is one single word, but like, would, wouldn't you just self-effacement? Yeah, maybe. But I, I don't know, like, I, I find that hard to imagine because, like, you know, I, I can't even kill a mosquito, but uh, it's like, yeah, how, how do you, it, I don't know. Well, that, that is the story of Echo and Narcissus, right? Or Echo and Narcissa, is it Narcissa? Uh, where the, the, child, uh, the child was condemned or doomed or prophesized to never know themselves. Right. So so there can't be any self-effacement in the process. And I think what right. we've done is we've gone through multiple generations. I would say really two generations of, of passage of control since World War Two, where, you know, each generation realized that they could just be self-indulgent. And, you know, when, when and first it was the boomer generation, then it was Gen X. I, you know, I think there are a lot of Gen Xers who are caught up doing what they what they saw the, the boomers were doing. Um and you know just making money doing it and they never you know they thought well the consequence you know maybe they just sort of assumed the whole time the consequences can't be that bad if everybody's doing it and it doesn't break down but then yeah. you know, the people who get caught with the bag when it's breaking down right and so yeah. you know but but by being sort of brought up narcissistic um they they have no ability you know right? they, it, they, it's not trained maybe some of them will um, but it, it's it's not a part of who they've been for so long that it's difficult for them. And now they're in, they're backed into a corner, right? Uh, being backed into a corner very often increases the crime. And one yeah. example might be John Wayne Gacy, um, who uh, I guess he he was first caught uh, being a pedophile in Iowa, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, he, his his wife divorced him, took the kids away. I, I think he served some jail time. Don't know the story that well. But then he moved to Chicago, and instead of just um, you know being the pedophile who tries to lure in teenagers, he would murder them. That way, he would never have to deal with the consequences. You yeah. know, it, it's it's the narcissistic, murderous next step that happens, which is they're backed into a corner and they realize. Well, the only way that I can I can um, avoid consequences 
is to take this ultimately more horrific next step. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I guess to to Devil's Art, back to what Dr. Rose was saying about facing yourself. Uh, in the book uh, Masters of Death by Richard Rhodes about the Einsatzgruppe and the mobile death squads, that the precursors to the concentration camps, when, like, these guys weren't stupid. Like, when they'd line up the women and children and shoot them in the back of the head, like... They were going. Well, you can, you yeah, can that's exactly that's exactly where I was when I was. Sorry to interrupt you, no, but I'll, I'll forget. That's exactly what I was trying to like get at. It's like those guys. Like I always try and you know put myself in the shoes of the people. And if I was one of, I mean, I, I wouldn't be. But if if I'm in that moment, if I got zapped into the body of one of those guys. And and they were lining. They had lined the women and children up. And my my job, or I was told, to to shoot them all. Wow. Well, um, if I had been raised in a certain way, only hearing one thing. If I'd been abused. If I'd been tortured. If if this was just the way. Like that, that this was my life. I had to shoot women and children because, you know, that's, that's my job. That's my role, whatever. But like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Like, uh, I still believe that everybody retains some form of themselves on some level, no matter how deep, deeply like suppressed and like, do you access that? Like, if you if you get to a certain point, like, is there is there like a, a breaking point for everyone, or or is there really no breaking point for some people? Like, will they never understand that they should put their weapon down and not shoot those people? You know what I mean? It's like, well, that was always my logic is like, how do you, I, I get maybe like one or two psychopaths. I get maybe even being able to fool a couple non-psychopaths, but like the thousands of soldiers they had do this. So if you go into like their journals and their diaries and stuff, they're all talking about like, how the hell am I shooting women and children in the back of the head? They're like, these aren't oh, they fighting. Do. Age- they actually acknowledge well, so, that what so, they're doing is. So this is the worst part. And a lot of them would start no. drink. A lot of them would start drinking. Some of them would just go crazy and kill themselves but they eventually oh. start to consult. Well, this is why it gets even more evil because you see this is to me, this is what's so insidious is it's, it's one thing if they're just evil, you go, well, hang them all. It's another thing when you start to read, you go, Oh my God, they're thinking like I would think they start consoling each other and they go, look, if we don't kill these kids, we're invading their nation. These kids are going to grow up to be fighting age men who are going to kill your kids when they're fighting age men. So you now to kill these women and children, you must be thinking about how you are doing it for your wife and your baby. And that's how they would justify it. So it's so 10 times more, it's 10 times more evil than them just being evil Nazis. You go, Oh my God, they thought they were doing the right thing. That is what, so how do these people go home? I think a lot of them think they're actually fighting the worst pandemic in the history of man. It's even more evil. Hey guys, keep talking. I, I gotta go to that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is why game theory is the most important thing to sort of add to education. Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, this seems like a cascade of game theory where once you have people who are in a system where they have a prisoner's dilemma, where if they cooperate, 
you know, they're the ones under the boot. Um, and if they defect against, you know, uh, another human being, then they survive to live another day. They may go crazy, but they survive to live another day, right? Like, it just seems like so much evil is really the system that applies those clamps, that that creates the incentives that, that make it hard not to do evil. It's such a great idea to introduce something like that. Like, even to, I mean, they'll never do it because they'll, you know, they'll be all like, oh, that's not politically correct. But, like, to give a kid, like, an, a mental exercise, like, look, you're in this situation. You've just been, just like what I said, you've been zapped into the body of one of these soldiers and you're aiming a gun at these people. What do you do? And just, like, make, force them to think about it. And every single kid, I believe, would say, I would, I would put the gun down and walk away. And I'd probably try and make friends with some of the people because, you know, kids aren't evil, I don't think. Um, but yeah, and, and it would change their lives because whenever they would be like subsequently, you know, put in front of a situation where they had to make like a really important ethical decision, then probably think back to it and they'd, you know, they'd say, okay, well, I, I know what to do here, even though it's not what they did. I don't know. Wow. It's crazy that they actually knew what they were doing was fucked up. Yeah, the difficult thing is to is to step back before that moment and figure out what in the system has to be changed, right? right. You have to figure out, you know, where in the system the application of that control happens. You know, where where does the prisoner's dilemma take place? And you've got to prevent that from ever taking place. And in any governance that allows or promotes that prisoner's dilemma, right? That that has to be stopped. And and I think that's you know and I, I kind of beat a dead horse or you know or may, maybe a live horse but uh, you know I, I go back over and over again to if we decentralize you know well enough with our technologies then we just don't have to worry about it you know then the worst that can go wrong is you know one local community you know goes nuts but you know, that's not enough power to have an entire army willing to shoot people in the backs of the head yeah yeah so the deal is a hundred percent expected to go through I just checked on Twitter with Elon Musk because uh, wow. shares are jumping and under the, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're working at Twitter on a, on, on the deal, a full sell, a full, a full, whatever, fully selling Twitter to Elon Musk. So <laughs> this is, you know, it might like, back to what Dr. Rose was saying. It might not be anything that we're talking about. It might just be like, he's just fucking around with billions He's just, but with a purpose, like because he wants to be entertained. Like, okay, let's that's get what I mean. right now. That's let's what I see, mean. Like, Matthew, is it possible for us to retroactively see what Trump, like, if you're kicked off, I don't know anything about Twitter. If you're kicked off, I, I imagine you're not going to be making t more tweets, right? But like, you said something about being able to like go back and collect the data because it's saved. But what data were you referring to? Like, well, like I, I uh, during 2020, I collected what I thought were the best pandemic threads, and it's still pinned at the top of my Twitter account. Um, you know, these these are the most interesting threads that I came across, and you know, a lot of them are censored, right? 
um, like one of them at the very top. And, and this one, um, you know, we have lots of information about this. So this didn't hide anything, but there was somebody uh, who uh, went under the Twitter handle Arkansas is real. And uh, but it, it was May 22nd, the day that the Surgisphere paper came out, they gave their detailed reasons why they thought it was fake. And like, and that's important. Even though like uh, all of us know all the information that's in that thread, it is important to see historically that yeah. there were those of us. And like, you know, like my my wife could vouch for this. I thought it was fake on day one too. I went on a walk with her, and I was like, these are the reasons why I think this is that like this isn't right. This is in, insane. But uh, you know, it, it's important to see somebody documented so that people can understand that the peer review process was that corrupt. Right, that that the yeah. people who should have been experts should have been looking at all these things and saying, "Wait a second, you know, you know, before this was certainly before it was published, but also when it was published, maybe it should have been published with commentary, right? Like, yeah. you know, we we haven't reviewed this database, or or you know, I mean, late, later we were told that like the the author who wrote the study did not himself have access to the database. Like, what? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you, know, um, you know that that should be that should be attached to such a publication so that it doesn't get promoted to change world policy. That's and, what um, it, it, we'll be able to look back and see that history. I I interviewed almost like a year ago Doctor Mobin Said, who's been mm -hmm. like one of like the biggest like teachers like daily. He's an MD like teachers like daily lessons on like microbiology, molecular biology, and stuff. Yeah, he's um, a great teacher. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And I got to have him on and he and I shot the shit for like an hour or two. But one thing he was saying was like the importance of not having censorship is like and I think this kind of goes along with what uh Jessica was saying about how did they do that? How how did the how do they shoot the women and children? Well, because of journals and things, you can go back and go, Oh my god, that's why they did it. You go, This is even worse. Dr. Saeed said that uh if we don't have all these blogs and these threads and these Reddit conversations and these Facebook conversations in 10, 20, 50, a hundred years, not only will it not paint a historical picture, but people looking to the past in hopes of figuring it out so that they can learn what the year 2120 will be like, they're not going to, they're going to go, all these idiots just marched off the cliff. They won't be seeing the thousands and millions of threads of people going like, hold on, guys, we have not researched this. We should not be injecting this stuff. Like if so, maybe there's some weird pandemic in 2120 and they go, well, I mean, they did it back in the 2020s. Like what they're not finding are all the threads of people saying like in 2120, people could look back and go, wait, I'm not alone. A century ago, they were saying, hold on, guys, we really need to research this. And then you had people saying, no, we don't. And then two years later, you see the catastrophic rise in myocarditis like guys we can't repeat history like they did in 2020 but if you delete all those things no one knows you just go oh they just walked off a cliff and it's like no 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 a small select few censored those few who were saying let's not walk off the cliff and that i think that i wonder if all those things would be resurrected i know for instance trump trump was the president so all of his tweets are technically archived by like the like Library of Congress or something. So that I don't know if that one is like a specific example. Like I wonder if Dr. Malone's tweets will all be archived. I would imagine they do, right? Because it's text isn't necessary. It's like the, the lowest memory intensive thing there is. Like not images. I would imagine they are too. Yeah. Just text. Yeah, I think I think they'll all be restored. 
that, that's that's my favorite part of all this is yeah. that yeah. Um, we, you know we're, we're going to get I think we're going to get all that back. Yeah, this is and, and, and this is really important. Like I I don't think that it's going to be a century from now. People looking back, going you know not being able to read what was going. On. I think this is literally the difference between whether or not we go Lysenkoist now, right? Um, whether or not we have this um, this sort of barrier in place of pseudoscience where the public experience of science is pseudoscience. Yep. And, and what that yep. means is that the only people who are actually experiencing science are on this weird, dark inside, way up, you know, beyond where people can <laughs> see on the pyramid of power, right? Which is exactly what science was invented to push back against, you know? Yeah. You, you go back to the debates of the people, like there's several people, like I don't think anybody deserves credit for inventing science. I'm sure it was something that was going on in little bits all over time, but it was me. Know, like Ibn al-Haytham was debating with, you know, the leadership of his time, you know, and, and it was really sort of like a common sense wisdom sort of thing. You know, look, you, you need to put your beliefs to this test when you can, you know, you need to, you know, test a hypothesis basically and, 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 you know, decide whether or not this thing that you're saying actually is, is the mechanism of reality. Yeah. Right. Um, it, you know, we, you don't want that to be something that humans can't reach out to and do on a common daily basis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was circumventing the gatekeeping of like the church. Right. That was the that was the whole argument against not doing the mass in Latin it was like, well, then the average person's going to be able to read the Bible. I mean, that was the original misinformation. They were like, if people read the Bible, they might try to interpret what God meant. And it was like, why don't you just let them read it and figure it out on their own? And they were like, no. They're like, fact checkers have said this is false. And they're like, so finally, they're like, nah, fuck it. We're not going to do it in Latin anymore. Just do it in English. And it did slowly erode their grip on it, right? Because you used to have to, only the priest could talk to God, not you. You couldn't just pray. You had you, got, you had to go to your approved prayer deal, dealer. And you can see why they didn't want that. It's because it, it loosened their vice grip on society. I think that's that's what it is, is it's, because you're right, it's not that science isn't going on. Like they know, like they're doing, they're still doing science at Pfizer, and Moderna. Like there are some people that know exactly what's going on. Like they haven't abandoned the scientific method. They're not in the delusion. They're looking at this, going, "Jeez, this really does cause myocarditis." Like they're still doing good science. It's evil, but it's still good science. Yeah. yeah, they probably know a lot of things about what these vaccines are doing that haven't been made public. Speaking of which, um, and and speaking of good science uh, being done outside of those dark corridors, um, we've discovered from the document dumps that Pfizer hired 2,400 people. I think that's the right number, uh, 2,400 people to handle their adverse events. Uh, how many people, yeah. uh, Jessica, am I correct in saying this? It's like 50 people who handles the VAERS database? Yes. Okay. So let's think about this for a moment. That's a 48 to one ratio. And Jessica is famous at this point for computing a ratio from anaphylaxis, um, suggesting that the underreporting ratio of VAERS is 41 to one. 48 is not too far from that number. And I'm sure that their tasks oh, and their okay. job is a little bit different, but I think that we just found out from the document dumps that, that you know, like Jessica was right all along. And, and, and of course, we don't know exactly, like, personally, I say we can't overextend that factor to everything, right? Like, the, the common adverse events, the severe adverse events, and the death, these may be 
slightly different <laughs> numbers. Well, yeah. actually, I think the, the simple adverse events and the series adverse events, I think those are probably very different ratios. You know, uh, headache versus myocarditis. But, um, you know, we, we still don't know for sure the number of deaths, but we're getting a better and better idea, I think. You know, just seeing the fact that that, that number, I mean, I think Pfizer just told us that Jessica was correct. <laughs> Dr. Rose, can you comment on that? I didn't know that. That That is crazy. That's, yeah, it's 48, 41. That's them being like, no, we definitely didn't have a spill on aisle five, but can we borrow the mop? It's like, it's like, it's like, wait, hold on. Why do you need it? Dr. Rose. And that's a lot of money to hire 2,400 people. You know, I I don't know what those jobs are worth, but geez, those probably are minimum wage. (laughs) No, is that a hundred million dollars? I mean, Dr. Rose, can you comment on, on, on your, on your ratio? Yeah, well, uh, actually mine was calculated from the Pfizer phase three clinical trial data. And so mine was actually 31. So Steve Steve was the one who used anaphylaxis paper as a proxy to come up with 41. So like, yeah, you know, it, it's splitting hairs in my opinion, because like, I, I agree that death and the severe adverse events and the milds, they're all going to have uh, different uh, number, underreporting factors. But like, um, yeah, you know, if if... If the bloody CDC would just answer the goddamn question, like what, you know, we all know that VAERS is underreported, for example. Um, what's the underreporting factor? Because, you know, if 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 we're wrong, then what is it? So um, yeah, this is kind of a confirmation that we're we're closer to being right than being wrong. So, this is why uh, Steve is great too. Steve like sends emails to these people like every day. He'll CC me and Jessica yeah. on them, but like he he is he's constant. He's like, can you answer this question? <laughs> he'll he'll email John's too. He'll yeah, email. Yeah, he's a tour de force, and he knows everyone's phone number. So watch out. <laughs> Wait, who who is it? So, okay, I've, I've got to tell he the story heard. since Jessica oh, mentioned it. Okay, he, yeah. He he, uh, he got John Sue's phone number. John John Sue, his his direct line, he called and John Sue picked up and answered. And I can't can't remember what it was that was said, but um, but uh, Steve was like, um, hey, John, this is uh, Steve Kirsch. Uh, You know, uh, (laughs) I I sent you an email about blah, 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 blah. You know, do you have time to talk? And apparently it was like one, two, three, four, five, six. And John says, I've got to go quick. That's Did he always... record it? He better have. He always thanked me for not. <laughs> I, I don't think you can stuff. record first without permission, but it may, you know, it's a government line, so may, uh, may, maybe it was, I don't know, but we'll, we'll probably never hear it. Um, but I, I made a That's cartoon. I'll send it to you, Jessica. <laughs> I'll send it to you too, Tommy. Yeah, I made a cartoon on that one. I would That's hate... so funny. It, I would... Pretty much that's how I would imagine that phone call going. I would hate to be on the receiving end of, of Steve Kirsch. I got to have him on here once, and he and I talked for like two minutes before we started recording. And then he like popped up on the screen. And I was like, Mr. Kirsch, I'm like very happy to have you. And he's like, why am I on your podcast? And I was like, uh, I think Dr. <laughs> Dr. Malone put in like a word for me. And I was like, oh, we're going to talk about this. He's like, what's your claim to fame? And I was like, oh, we're doing this. He goes, how do you make money on this? And I was like, I, I do this, that, and that. He's like, where are some of your notable guests? And I was like, these people. And he's like, that's enough. Let's do it. And I was like, 
Jesus. <laughs> and like, and then he and then he completely opened up and was completely warm. But for like the first two minutes, I was like, uh, I I don't I don't what? And he was just like, why am I here? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. He, he, he has that he has that business cycle mode. Like, you know, like a billionaire, right? I mean, he's worth more money than God. Yeah, no, you can definitely see it how it shines through. It's like the lasers just come on. It's like, what are you? What's your business model? What other guests have you had? Where's this going? And I was like, I just I just want, I just want to do a podcast. But this is why it's so great that he's on our side. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I want to make it bigger. And he was like, how so? And I was like, well, I got banned from you. Oh, yeah. I told him I got banned from YouTube. And he was like, why? And I was like, for talking about like ivermectin. That's when he kind of started smiling. He was like, nice. (laughs) I was like, hell yeah, like street cred. So I I got cursed cred. Yeah. Yeah. This this is why Steve, it's so great that he is. He's on our side. Um, Early on during the pandemic or early on, not during the pandemic. Early on, after the vaccines, when he found out about the the Japanese uh, toxicity reports, and he became alarmed and concerned, and started, you know, learning about the vaccines, he was interested in, you know, studying the vaccines. And like in my opinion, he wasn't all that good at it at first, right? Like he would he he was looking for ways to compute this and that, and and like we would have emails back and forth. I'm like like I don't think this is this is like a trustworthy way to compute this, um, but the but. You know, we were debating um, mortality numbers, at, you know, that were lower than what we both think are true now. But what he did over time was abandon the worst arguments and focus on collecting the better and better arguments. He has this, you know, rapid feedback loop, and that's the CEO personality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes really no waste of yeah time. and also i was thinking about this it's so funny we're talking about steve he'll love it um <laughs> i was thinking today about how he's gotten like it, it was a personal uh um, observation like when steve used to call me it'd be like uh here i need you to do this like just like that like i i would just be like sitting on the toilet or something and and i'd just be <laughs> like hey i need you to do this i'm like um Okay, but you'll have to give me a few minutes. And now he calls me and he's like, hey, are you you awake now? Did you have your coffee? So it's like even from level, he's become like more tactful. Because people say sometimes that he doesn't have any tact and that he's very like, uh, you know, like machine gun questions. So it's like. Yeah, he, he he's he's amazing. He, he's gone through this gorgeous evolution that you can actually see. Like if you go back he, and the watch first him interview in with him interview. and Malone and Weinstein. Yeah, and right. yeah, and and I, also like um, the 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 he, Matthew's right. He's got this like uh, really uh, he's he's brilliant, and he yeah. he knows how to get to where he needs to go quickly and efficiently. So, and yeah, and, and, and a part of that, I actually think is the fact that he doesn't have tact much of the time, which really doesn't bother me. I find it charming, but I'm, yeah. I'm weird. I mean, I mean, he, he, for everybody listening, he invented the, the optical mouse and right. you can go listen to interviews about when he like first showed the mouse to, uh, uh, What's it called? What's his face? Um, Steve Jobs, and I think it was like before he made it like optical or something. Like he wanted to get rid of like the mouse. Pad. I forget what it was, but it showed it to Steve Jobs, and it was like the culmination of like years of work. And Jobs looked at him and was like, "Lose the mouse pad, like lose the mouse pad, make it usable on any surface." 
And like Steve Kirsch talks about how influential that was in like his life. This guy that was able to look at his like baby and go like, not saying like, I think you should just remove this and it will be better. And just instantly cut through everything. No tact, no warm fuzzy, just get rid of that. It'll be great. And he just moved and it did. I mean, it made him a fortune. I think that's probably what some of it is, is, is he's looking at this as like a direct assault on like humanity, (laughs) bodily autonomy. And there's really no like, what is this? Why are we doing this? What is this? How come you can't answer this question? Answer my question. What are you hiding? (laughs) You just like, I I don't have. (laughs) Yeah. like (laughs) At least with us, like we're actually just kind of bumbling because you're a little taken aback. But there's actually like nothing to hide. You're just like, you just trying to got to get used to them. Imagine if you were actually trying to like hide something or pull a fast one on Steve Kirsch. Like, God bless your soul. Like, may the Lord well, have mercy. Cause... Look like this one, two, <laughs> two three. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, I mean, I mean, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, may God have mercy on your soul if you try to like pull pull the the wool over Steve Kirsch's eyes because he will not have mercy on you. Well, that's why nobody engages with with us on debates. That's why you know Woodcock and Walensky won't write us back. Mm-hmm. It's like they they know they they can't win an argument with us, and they'll probably end up looking pretty dumb if they tried. The only thing they can do is they can hide behind. Uh, we're doing it for the greater good and therefore we don't need to discuss it. It's just what it is. And I mean, kind of full circle, that really explains the resistance to Elon taking over Twitter, right? It's how much did he buy it for? 43 billion. That's not, I think that's right. Let's look at, I mean, what's Apple 3 trillion. What's Google 2 trillion. What's general electric. Like those are like some big, those are some planets. 43 as someone that's living in a 700 square foot apartment 43 billion is not like a whole lot in terms of this amount of resistance you know so it's kind of weird that like he can upend the entire car industry he can upend the entire like low or or to to orbit industry but when he goes after this everyone like their hair lights on fire i think what you're seeing is it's not it's not the 43 billion it's the power no, of narrative no. control. And by censoring, you don't have to address the individuals like Steve Kirsch, who just come at you like a like a cruise missile. What are you doing? What are you doing? Answer this question. What are you doing? Like, I think, <laughs> I think just today, I think just this morning, I saw him. He's like, my open letter to Barack Obama to debate me for $1 million yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on like Gab That's or crazy. something. He was like, it's on here because I, like, I can't post this on Twitter. He's like, if you or anyone you know knows Obama, send this to him. I'm like, <laughs> still just like, just like a needle. Just da, 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 da. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that's, that makes the whole Twitter hysteria that much more, that it makes, it makes more sense, right? Because it's a blanket way to avoid all Steve Kirsch's. I don't know. Matthew, what were you going to say? I, I, I I cut you off. Yeah, the, the, these are these are the same things that we're talking about. You know, Twitter and uh, and the and these debates. Um, it, it's clear that that the people pushing the vaccines, for instance, or pushing all the vac- uh, all the pandemic narratives, <clears throat> they don't want to have a conversation. They want to speak at people, and that's it, right? They, you know, when they say, uh, you know, present a graph that says CDC data, 26 jurisdictions, they don't want somebody on the other side of the camera to go, you know, that's like 
a, a fraction of 1% of the jurisdictions in the U.S. You know, like they, they don't want people who are going to be able to point these things out and know what kind of games they're playing. And, you know, so the, the only way they can they can fool people is to shut down conversation completely. And they have been backed into a corner. And so they've had to fool people, you know, in, in more and more pernicious ways. So I, you know, like this, this move, this moment, you know, and, and like Jessica, I've, I've held back on giving like a, a, you know, total judgment on Elon Musk. Um, but if this results in like a floodgate opening up that drowns uh, people who have been committing crimes, then it could be a seminal moment in U.S. history or technology history or something. Absolutely. Because if it happens on Twitter, now just from an economic standpoint, other companies will have to. Because why go on YouTube where they ban videos that talk about, you know, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, where they remove comments from most videos, not most, a lot of videos. And they like, use the word maybe. abuse on YouTube anymore. Did you know that? You get what? You can't use the word abuse like in any context. Well, it doesn't. I, 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 keep... I, I guess I'm out of the the like I've been banned for eight months now, so I don't even know it's allowed anymore. But oh, I just I watch Doctor Phil. Hi <laughs> <laughs> all. For entertainment value, and, uh, and no, I'm kidding. I, I watched a couple episodes, but they bleep out the word abuse. It's very weird. It's very. I mean, that sounds like someone who's uh, the bad person in an abusive relationship. <laughs> You can't say yeah. the word abuse. When, when my wife was publishing her dissertation, her her PI um, was uncomfortable with using the word suppression. Right, she's talking about gene suppression, right? But her uh, her, her PI was uncomfortable with just the use of the word suppression, and you know he comes from you know communist China. Oh, and, and that lets you know the kind of fear that's instilled. In, in even just the use of, yeah. of a word. Well, it's like how they don't even really use censorship anymore. What are they, what are they, they, they call it content curation? <laughs> it's like, no, dude, no, curating is making a play. Oh, a my work- God. Curating is making a workout playlist. It's not silencing people, experts in their field. But, I mean, I'm now kind of even thinking, like, the bigger floodgates of, like, they might be resisting this because... Now, Facebook, you'll kind of have to compete. Why go on Facebook when you can just go talk freely on Twitter? Don't don't worry about it. You know, why post your video to YouTube? You get banned. Just post it. Just post it on Twitter. <laughs> this is the flipping of the prisoner's dilemma. Ah. Yeah. Now, now it's a prisoner's dilemma yeah. to censor. Right. And, and this is this. Right. Um, you know, this is the same problem as the burning of the boats in the 1400s in China. You know, China had the boats before Europe did, big enough boats to go around and trade. And you know, had an emperor look over and go, you know what? Um, those merchants are getting quite wealthy. Uh, I don't want to deal with that and the the hordes on the west and the north that, that are challenging my authority. I, I'm just going to go and burn the boats over here, right? But in Europe, they didn't burn the boats because they had this sort of decentralized network of kingdoms. And if you burn the boat, your neighbor was going to eat your lunch. Right, you had to be able to sail around Africa and get the spice and bring it back, or you were paying a hundredfold for what came through Europe from you know that narrow passage, you know, from uh, through the Middle East from Asia, right? Like, it, 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 you just can't make that decision anymore. So, yeah, yeah, that that's the script flipping right there. That's man, this might actually, yeah, you're right, this might 
at the risk of like, you know, when people call every little political scandal, they're like, this is a trillion times bigger than Watergate. And you're like, fuck off. No, it's not. Yeah. Like, and, and China was the most advanced nation on earth. I mean, we're talking about uh, a nation that whose engineers, you know, were inventing gunpowder centuries yeah. before, you know, Europe, who, who had clockwork robots 500 years ago. What? Right. Like that. It's a little mind blowing. Right. Um, but they, they had so many. The, there's a lot of mathematics that we don't even know how much was discovered because they went through several periods of purging texts and things like that. Right. But we know that that there was a lot of, you know, uh, oh, what was, uh, the Chinese remainder theorem, which is this, you know, theorem that uh, it, it underlies a lot of we, what we do in number theory and in cryptography. And and, uh, you know, we call it the Chinese remainder theorem because it's on like a 2500 year old tablet in china you know and europeans were discovering it you know uh, two thousand years later <laughs> it's yeah it's uh man there's there's even like kind of maybe now i'm just giving it too much credit but i mean if you continue to make america the bastion of free speech i mean it is almost like like a rebirth of america because like with yeah. that free speech become comes opportunity and now make like, America what, great again. <laughs> I know it, it, if I may. Yeah. But even like the UK, right. Where you can't say, <laughs> where you can't say certain things without the police showing up to your house. If you're Islamophobic in a weird way, and sort of like the new digital paradigm, the internet age, it's like kind of reestablishing like the hordes of people coming to Ellis Island in the sense that like, Oh, you can go there. You can say whatever you want anymore. You won't get banned. You won't get shadow banned. Like there is that. Yeah. And with the prisoner's dilemma, you now have everyone that's been thriving off the censor. Yeah. Just burn the boats. Who cares? Well, you can just, you can just censor everyone, but like it will, like a haven will be formed somewhere because we can take everything away from everyone to the point where your kids are going to be injected with experimental vaccines. And if you talk about it, you're going to be silenced online. When you take away everything, by definition, you make it so people have nothing to lose. And then they're yeah. like, well, fuck it. Let's go for bro like same thing. We're talking about like the Einstein's group and stuff. I've often thought like who the hell living in the most advanced time in the world in England, you know, all things considered, it still was the pinnacle of civilization. Who in the hell would get on a boat and go four months over the Atlantic? Best case scenario, you make it to a land full of Indians and disease that are going to kill you. Like, it's because it, it, it's because of suppression and oppression. And so when there is nothing left, you let's go for broke. Let's throw the Hail Mary. Let's put it all on black. Well, I think that's what you're getting. And they've tried to sort of seal off the market because America's the last bastion of it. And if you can seal off uh, America, then there's nowhere for no one to flee. And you kind of kill the morale of 7 billion people versus if you keep this place alive, it will be the, it will be like the bottom of the hill that all things can roll down to. Like people will come from everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and maybe from that sense, maybe it is, maybe we're giving them too much credit. Maybe it's just a money thing, but it might I can imagine that if I can come to this conclusion, Elon Musk can come to this conclusion and probably did long before me. I don't think I'm necessarily outwitting Mr. Musk. So he's probably looking at the same thing. And it's also good for business. You know, that's a plus. But it's probably something along those lines of like, hey, like you have to do something. 
like this whole or this whole game is going to come crashing down. I don't know. Yeah, he now dares the entire inter, you know governance establishment to lock down Twitter on the internet. Right, that's the dare. That, and he might. I think it's a win-win because if he does, they have to come out of the shadows more. Well, one way or another, um, we can't rely on Musk to no. provide us with a service. No. And I think that we, we will need to move toward more and more decentralized. And maybe he will engineer Twitter to become a decentralized network. We'll see. Um, you know, he's done things like he, he has uh, open source patents. Um, you know, uh, hopefully he'll he'll take that same sort of approach to making Twitter, you know, malleable. And, you know, maybe Twitter will become something that uh, we're we're tweeting out on mesh networks or, um, <laughs> you know, from uh, from handheld phone to handheld phone to propagate it through a network instead of, uh, you know, relying on this this grand Internet structure that governments can take away. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, and we'll we'll wrap this one up in like 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 five minutes. But um, uh, what was I going to say? I just had a brain fart. Um, decentralized Twitter. Oh, yeah, no. To you guys. Okay. How to leave Canada if you are not vaccinated? I just, like, every now and then I, I see a headline <laughs> come through my, my tablet, and I'm like, what planet am I Oh, yeah, where on? the fuck what am the- I? Like, like what? What? Like even two years ago, if if you had seen that, it would have been in the the the, the Toronto Star, you know, one of these tag rags, you know, like is a big joke, yeah. and it's like, what? This is true. Like people are trying desperately to get out of Canada right now because it's and and so many have left. It's how crazy. To, it's like how Canada? to leave Canada if you're yeah. unvaccinated. That's absurd. I mean, all the more reason where I like, I mean, I, and I hate to just be like the raw, raw America guy, but I mean, genuinely, all the more reason why if there is a place that has like liberties and rights, like, God damn, you got to fight it, fight for a tooth and nail. Like, so yeah. how quickly a virus flipped nations into just fascist hell holes under two years. Like, yeah, the, the virus being these sick fucking people in it's, my opinion i think you know there's no virus that i can think of that would cause this amount of devastation yeah. i mean uh, i hope i don't eat my words when they launch the next one but like yeah. i don't know man. well and governments this even devastation knew. has been done by humans to humans 100 like, this has been entirely enacted on each other yeah and, and governments knew that thrusting yeah. so many people into poverty or you know cutting them off from ordinary travel would result in deaths right like there, there's there's no question you know this was discussed you know yes. discussed in parliament in england uh for instance um you, you thrust a billion people into poverty and the number of those people who die each year it's a debatable number but it might be 50 million 50 yeah. million excess deaths just from people being in poverty you know there's no there's no virus that's going to do that yeah, no. don't don't they think don't they think like forty or fifty million people have died between like Africa and Eurasia from uh, uh, f- uh, a lack of food production from COVID? 
Like and it, it may it may get much larger very quickly. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um but um again, it's kind of like the 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 libs of TikTok thing. You know that account? I don't know if you've seen it. It's yeah. this account that just just posts like the craziest people from TikTok. Nothing else. No editing, no comments. It's just videos of their own words and actions. And it was in and Twitter suspended it for like hate speech. And it was like, it was, it's just a mirror, but it's just, a, and they got reinstated when there's been all this shit about how they were getting like docs in the news and stuff. And so now this person that's been running just this kind of like meme account is just like full on William Wallace, like free speech, just like fighting to the end. Like I will go down in flames before I shut this down. But you got to think about how much they hated that because it was simply a mirror of their own words and actions. Nothing else. I think Elon's about to go libs of TikTok like five orders of magnitude larger. It's just going to be free speech. You just say whatever you want and we'll see where it goes. You can quote whoever you want. You can say whatever you want. Man, it's yeah. I mean, what that else? Does seem to be what he believes. So I don't see why he wouldn't apply that to his new playground. Exactly. So, and yeah. The and lastly is Matthew, what you're saying about the open source patents. I mean, didn't he do that when he bought up or whatever he did with Solar City like ten years ago? He he got rid of all like the patents so that uh, if everyone had this kind of like solar power technology, well then if people didn't have to pay for the R and D in that, they'd start using it because it's a free cost. So now people all started kind of building their own batteries, which brought the prices of global batteries down, which benefited Tesla. So it was like this sacrifice the battle to win the war. That might be one of the things where he, he might look at it and go, there's Twitter's never going to make me a penny. But it'd be like if it keeps like the West and Western values as we know it alive, I get to keep doing this thing and I don't know, buy me enough time before I can get humans off this planet. Or it might just be for memes. I don't know. It might be both. Maybe they're not mutually exclusive. It's an interesting thought. Um, they're not as connected, obviously. No, <clears throat> but um, but maybe they are. You know, maybe he maybe he does get that um, that you know the flow of of speech will affect uh, his other interests on that level. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hope that he sees them connected. I have no idea. Um, all right, well, let's wrap this one up, Doctor Rose who is a robot and is attaching legs to people she doesn't like, be aware of her, uh, and Matthew Crawford. I'll put I didn't both... even get to tell you about my vat. What's that? I'll tell you next time. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> Stay tuned to hear about that. You are going out. She is going off the rails. She cannot be trusted. Um, I will put both of y'all substack in the description. It can be because I tell the truth. That is true. And I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to the next time we all chat. I would love to look back at this episode and be like, man, they had no idea what was about to happen. And I wonder what precipice we're standing on. And for future reference, today's Monday, I, I April 25th. What? I was just thinking I'm going to be so pissed off if Elon doesn't reinstate Trump. Like, I, I actually want him to do that. I, I didn't realize it until we started talking. And I'm like, yeah, I really I want, want him to reinstate everyone. I want him to 100%. Yeah, everyone, everyone, of course. But like, like you don't know, even take Trump off is going to be like, don't even take off the Taliban. I mean, like Taliban's on it right now. I'm like, no, full spectrum free speech. Really? I mean, oh, my oh God. yeah. Taliban's on right now. Who's at the 
Who's the the unbelievable? Yeah, like the moms <laughs> in Iran that call for like the nuking of Israel. They're still on. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's lots of terrorist organizations yeah. on Twitter. That that's one of the astounding <laughs> wow, things. About, really? yeah, that's one of the Straight astounding up. things. How about the fuck is that censored. like rationalized? How do they? It, it's it's okay. shut up, Nazi. They if you ask that question, how is that right? You'll just be banned. You don't need to answer it. Just silence it. And we're about to wow. see all of the. We're about to see all the contradict, as Terrence McKenna says about like enlightenment. He's like, it's the place where all the contradictions flow together. And so I think that's what we're about to see nice. is we're about to see a whole bunch of balance sheets have to kind of make amends with each other. Like, where did this money go? Where is this? We're about to see an audit of free speech and it is going to be beautiful. Nice. And with that. Nice. Dr. Jessica Should Rose. Rename it to the auditor. The auditor, the auditor, auditor of free speech. Instead of Twitter, the auditor. auditor. <laughs> I, th- I think you should just name auditor. it. But, I, I, did you guys see that tweet he did on like, like Friday? You know, it's just the you know the pregnant man emoji. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that, Doctor Rose? Oh, okay. Do you know the pregnant no. man emoji? Bill Gates. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, he he posted that picture of like Bill Gates, who from an angle kind of looks like the pregnant man emoji. And he just put yeah. them together and said, in case you need to lose a boner fast. <laughs> and I just posted that. I was, me and my friends were shit-faced. And I was like, is this real? And he, they were like, what? And so they looked it up and everybody everybody just lost their mind. They're like, holy shit, this is real. And uh, man, I hope that is a taste of what's to come. In case I'm sure it is. Yeah. And so I'll put y'all sub stack in the description as always. Dr. Jess Gross, Mr. Matthew Crawford with one T, not two T's, Mr. Matthew Crawford. And we will set up the next episode. And I hope that the world is even more chaotic next time because that means our conversations are good. In a good uh, way. In a good in way. A good-, good chaos. Good chaos. And with that, thank you so much, Robot Bros. Peace.